welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. On today's episode, there's some slight distortion in my mic that we couldn't clear up. However, you can hear my guest very clearly. We're going to start off with Adrian B. King's My Earnest Desire, a recording that was done over 20 years ago. Webster defines the word earnest as sincere and intentional effort. And the word desire is defined as to long or to hope for. As I look over my life in retrospect, I'm reminded of his grace, his mercy, his kindness, and his favor. So this is my earnest desire. sentiment of my heart. Father, receive this offering of worship, my earnest desire, desire is to please. Talk Gospel Music Gold. I'm your host and Sonia Gibbs. Today with me on this show is Adrian B. King, who started playing by pecking his tenor part out on a Chickering and Son Baby Grand. Adrian, better known as ABK, has written and produced several projects and since 1997 has been one of the most in demand musician and songwriter. Join me in welcoming my guest today, Adrian B. King. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Hey, how are you? Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk to you about your journey. And part of what you told me in your bio is that at the age of 17, you realized something was missing from your life. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, it's kind of like I was at a point where I was going through the motions. I mean, I could play and I could make things sound good, but I didn't feel the connection necessarily with people. And I I felt like a certain power was kind of missing that I saw when I saw other people do what I did. You know, I would see it really reach people and, um, you know, kind of touch their hearts and see the connection. And then it, it became a point where it was just a spectacle. So that's when I realized that that had to be infused with anointing. Okay. So at the age of 17, you decided that you wanted to have a deeper level, not only with God's people, but with your level with God. Absolutely. Okay. And in 1997, you were able to produce and release your debut CD. 
tell us how that felt when you your project was accomplished. Yeah, well, I have, I have been watching a lot of other artists, um, some other artists do projects, and I'm like, man, I would love to do a record. And uh, I had written a few songs by then, and I didn't really know the whole path of doing a record. I didn't know how to do it. And it uh, just so happened that I became acquainted with my good friend Percy Gray Jr., and Percy was doing records left and right at that time, so I just stepped out and asked Percy if he would um, help me with doing mine, and he so graciously committed to do it he and his brother Gerald and so um they took the songs that I had that I had and we put them together and we recorded it and it was just an amazing thing just to see it all come into fruition you know uh-huh from now, rehearsals to the well, you say from rehearsals to from rehearsals to being actually in a store that was like a heck of a journey <laughs> <laughs> Now, you may not remember this, but I remember seeing you because I sang with ECC and you played with Brenda Joyce Moore at one of oh, our yeah, concerts. Yeah, that was my big sister. Brenda opened a lot of doors for me. She gave me a lot of opportunities that um, I would not have had had it not been for her. Yeah. I remember that vaguely. I do. <laughs> And when you think about musicians that have shaped you and molded you, you talk about Gerald, you talk about Percy, you touched on Brenda. Were there other musicians that fed into how you developed your sound? Oh yeah, a lot of musicians, a lot of artists. Um, Ernie Allen, um, definitely Brenda Moore, because again, she gave me my opportunity and that was where I developed my um writing a little bit further and even my um, teaching and things of that nature. She allowed me to write for her. Um, let's see who else. Well, on an artistic level, Ricky Diller, I used to travel and do workshops with Ricky and play with New Generation. That opened a lot of doors for me and helped me to kind of shape. But I think one of my bigger ones was Kurt Carr. Okay. When I was blessed with the opportunity to travel with the Kurt Carr singers for about three or four years, I mean, I learned so much in that situation. It was amazing to just go from, you know, listening to artists that you kind of look up to, and next thing you know, you're sitting in the green room eating with them. <laughs> <laughs> so now you got to act like you're not starstruck, and you got to act like you've been there, and it's, you know, kind of crazy. You're sitting right across from Kirk Franklin eating some chicken. <laughs> so I got to act like, wow, I'm not looking at Kirk Franklin. No, that's not him, you know. But yeah, it's been quite a few. Well, that's that sounds good. Tell us about your first tour. You said you went on, you worked with Ricky Dillard. Tell us about the first tour you went on as a musician. Um, Let's see, who was the first tour with? I think the first tour was with Kirk Carr. But with Ricky, I traveled with him. Ricky did a lot of workshops and... Excuse me. He allowed me to go with him and play with him at these workshops. And Ricky did something. Ricky and Kurt, they did something that most artists don't do. At the time that I was traveling with Ricky, I think I had my first CD out. Ricky would actually let me present one of my songs to the workshop choir. Mm. And he would actually let me set my CDs, my CD table up alongside his. And I just thought that that was so gracious of him because not too many people are willing to share their platform. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then with Kirk Carr, I mean, we did a 
tour guide. It seemed like we were out for about a month, a little bit longer. But Kurt Carr did the exact same thing. I remember one particular event, Kurt Carr told the people, do not buy his CD unless they buy mine. Wow. That is an honor, especially because right. wow. when you when you talk about someone who's been around as long as Kirk Carr has, and for yeah. him to make that statement. Yeah, I remember like it was yesterday. I couldn't believe it. And I think I had about 50 CDs with me. Mm. Every last one of them was sold. And that's where we talk about where the title comes from for my show is gospel music gold because there are so many nuggets that get passed on and that sounds like a great nugget that was passed on now let me ask you you've done several projects and your most recent came out What's the difference from your very first one and this last project, The Feeling? Um, the very first one, well, for one, it was a choir. When I first started out, I started out as a choir. So I think we had about 30 or 40 people singing on that particular project. That's when I first began writing. I hadn't um, learned how to communicate my experience through music quite yet. So I'd only written a couple of songs on that project and things of that nature. And it was a choir project. But now, some 20-something years later, I've uh, gone through quite a bit and experienced quite a bit. And I've kind of learned how to connect some of those experiences to song. So I think that's one of the bigger differences. And then now, um, I've chosen a group to record with as opposed to a choir. So, and lastly... I penned probably 90% of the songs on this new project. So I guess those are the differences. Okay. And tell us your group name. Oh, the group is still Adrian B. King and Reverence. We just changed from a choir to a smaller group. Okay. It was a little bit easier to manage in a smaller setting for me. Well, that's good. And we're talking to the audience now. And tell us what inspires you to write a song? Different things. I can see something on television, see a storyline or a situation from someone else's life, or sometimes I just hear certain melodies and then I just find lyrics that seem to speak to that melody and then put it together. Sometimes it's through life experiences. Sometimes it may be through a sermon. You know, it's just different things that kind of spark it. Okay. And then you build once it starts, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good to know because you may have a, someone out there that is young and they're saying, well, how do I get started in writing a song? Or how do I get started in being a musician? Now, I used that term at the beginning where you said you started pecking out your part, your tenor part, on a baby grand piano. Now, for those who don't know the difference between your standard setup piano, upright piano, and a baby grand, tell me the kind of quality that you get out of a baby grand that you don't get in an upright. Oh, yeah, that's, um, I mean, it's a totally different wood. It's a totally different circumference. 
so it produces a more regal sound. It produces a more regal sound. I mean, as far as me getting started, I did start pecking out my tenor part, but even before that, I actually got started playing because of a girl. <laughs> uh, it was a, there was a girl that um, I had a little crush on in my youth choir. Well, actually, I was on the usher board. She was in the youth choir. And so um, I left the usher board and went to the youth choir so that I could pass notes to her in church. I couldn't sing a lick, had no musical interest at all. And what so happened, she got a lead song. The musician gave her a song to lead, and she was having trouble leading the song. So then I said to myself, well, if I could pick out the notes that she's supposed to sing on her on the piano, then that'll give me an opportunity to have personal rehearsal with her. <laughs> so that's kind of how that came into being. I started messing around with the notes that I know she was supposed to sing. And then what happened was we got to rehearsal one day and the musician wasn't there. So then the um, administrator says, well, what are we all, What are we going to do? She says, well, Adrian picked out my part and mm. showed me, so maybe he could pick out y'all parts and show y'all. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not ready for the big stage. And, you know, I was just trying to do this just to, you know. But it just so happened I ended up going up to the piano and I was able to actually hear and pick out notes. And that's how the whole concept of uh, picking out my tenor part came. We had a big baby grand piano that nobody played. And so I would run to it every opportunity I get, try to make sure Pastor wasn't watching. <laughs> and yeah, that's how it happened. Well, isn't that an interesting story? Who would have ever known that? That a yeah. teenage crush led you to music. Yeah. yeah. That's what sparked it. And then from there it grew. But I tell people I believe God gave me music to save my life because at that time I was kind of in the streets and doing a whole bunch of other crazy stuff and so music was that one gift that God gave me to kind of pull me away from that other environment so mm -hmm. you know God knows which bait to use I should say <laughs> now when you talk about the other life what had you select gospel music and to be a gospel music artist and musician and songwriter over rap or R&B well, first off, I was born and raised in church. My mother made me go to church, so that was mainly all I knew. But the simple fact that God gave me the gift of music to get me out of the environment I was in, I felt the least that I could do would be to give it back to him and to use it for his purpose. So that's kind of what pushed me toward gospel as opposed to other genres. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. You talked about Ricky and doing workshops. Do you travel and do workshops on your own? I do. I do workshops. I do music consultation. I do studio production, of course, the group. And I do concerts. And, um, yeah, I consult different churches with their praise teams and their musicians. Um, yeah, I do quite a bit. Okay. Now, do you do you have a website? Um, I have social media pages. I had a website, but honestly, um, in this day and time, things are kind of changing. People go to your social media before they go to your website. But I do have um, on Facebook at Adrian B. King, which is my personal page. I also have at Adrian B. King and Reference, which is the group page. Then on Instagram, I am at Adrian B. King Music. 
And on Twitter, I am at Adrian B. King Music. Well, that's a good thing. And we, and we got a new CD that's, um, that's dropping nationally, digitally on September 28th, actually. Uh, we just had a listening party this past Monday and let people kind of check out the songs and things of that nature and also do some pre-orders. So um, we're excited about what's coming with that. So tell us the title of it. <laughs> the title of my new project is Essential Praise. Essential Praise. Now, you've been recording since 1997. What yes. number project is this? This is number eight. All right. Yeah, we're at number eight. I can't believe it. Eight projects. Wow. And we're doing the game a little while. I'm sorry? I said we've been in the game for a little while now. Eight projects. Wow. That's great. Now, you have your own production company. Tell yes. us a little bit about that. Well, Kings Court Music, that's the um, parent company of my production company. And I put that company together because I kind of wanted to have a one-stop shop for everything that I needed to do because... For those that are independent artists and things of that nature, sometimes it can be difficult partnering with people or getting people to take interest in what you do, especially if you don't have a super big name. So I birthed King's Core Music as a parent company for songwriting, for production, for musician referral, anything relating to the creative aspect of this. So that's where King's Core Music has um, come from, and we've been doing that for well, about 15 years now. Okay. Now tell us a little bit about the musician referral. Well, basically, I get a lot of calls from people looking for musicians. I need a musician for this wedding. I need a musician for this funeral. I need a musician for this service. Do you know anybody? Do you know anybody? And I was just kind of putting out names and this, that, and the other. And I said, wait a minute, I can turn this into a business. Whereas people actually contract King's Court Music and we send out musicians. So that's what happens when people need musical support, be it for recordings or concerts or whatever. Um, I have a list of individuals that I use and I refer them. I send them out to do the jobs through King's Court Music. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds like a wonderful pro process because there are people that are looking for musicians at the last minute or for doing specific projects now and for singers okay and now do you audition people or do they just tell us the process well right now i mean i have a staff i have a, a group of people that i kind of work with on a regular i have a group of singers and a group of musicians so it kind of starts there but as i meet other people and we connect, you know, I kind of expand the roster a little bit at that point. So what do you look for in a, let's say, a new musician walks up to you and says, hey, I'd like to be part of your musician for referral. Do you sit down and have a jam session with them? Do you talk with them through things? How do you, what, tell me that process. Well, I talk with them through things, but normally, um, if I don't know them, I have them to send me something, some type of YouTube clip or something that they have. Normally, when people do things at a um, professional level, they normally have some form of resume or some form of presentation that they can let you see. And so then I gauge it from that point, and then I'll know if they're 
equipped to handle what's needed or if they need to develop a little bit more. Okay. Now, tell us a little bit about, you're from Chicago, is that correct? Yes, born and raised. And tell me about the rich culture that you came from. Now, you told me about you grew up in church. Were you mm-hmm. around the musicians bandstand or were you a observer in the audience? Now, for my younger years, I was just uh, forced to be there. My mom just made me go, and so I had to go. I didn't have any interest in being a musician or I didn't even want to be an usher. The only reason I became an usher is because they can walk during service. <laughs> That's the only reason that I became an usher. <laughs> because because can... other than that, my mom would tell me to, I better sit down and make those faces up from the front of the church at me. Oh. So isn't that interesting? Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the, those are the facts, though. That's the only reason that I became an usher. I didn't want to be in a choir because I, I called myself a gangbanger, and I thought it didn't look good for a gangbanger to be in the choir. Oh. Well, so is... I told you, the only reason I got in the choir is because of the girl. Yeah. <laughs> I, find yeah. That, I find that rather interesting is that um, that's just an interesting story. <laughs> When do you think about something like that? I couldn't make it up. Can you tell us a little something about your process? I know that on occasion, you have to audition new singers for your group reverence. Yes. What kind of vocalists are you looking for when you audition? Oh, yes. Wow. The ability to uh, retain parts, obviously, the ability to deliver parts independently, which means you don't have to have that person standing next to you to to guide you where you need to be. You pretty much have to be a standalone. Um, You have to have a good work ethic and be able to work with other people. In other words, we don't need any uh, divas. We need team players because we're all a team. I like people that have great personality. I like people that love to dress because um, appearance is very important as well when you're doing it on a professional level. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, lead singers, that's pretty much what I look for. Because again, I need everyone on my team to be able to deliver independently. I mean, if I have to go somewhere with three singers, I don't need the outro to be like, oh man, I can't sing because my friend not here, you know? Okay. And vocal experience, mainly the people that come to my group are the choir directors from their church or the praise and worship leaders from their church or the lead singers from their local church. You know, it's kind of like the the uh, front lines of their ministry. Those are the ones that I interview and audition for. Um, it's not because I don't have a community choir. I have a professional recording group. And it's a difference. I mean, it's both ministry, but a community, when you think community, anybody can do it. But for the type of music that we render and things that anybody can't just do it. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad you broke that down because it is an interesting process. And I like that you use the word 
work ethic. You can't have people that have come to rehearsal, that come unprepared and not willing to work with others. Now that doesn't work. Because that won't work. When you think of a small group, you have to know how to work together. You have to have work ethic. And I appreciate you saying that because someone out there doesn't get it. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say I'm hard, but I'm like, no, I'm not hard. I just want to get that straight up front. There's no sense in getting you all worked in and then have to go through this whole transition piece. We, we should just kind of understand what the expectation is up front. I don't need, I don't look for people that do this as a hobby. You know, I look for people that really have passion for this and it's, it's very important for them to know music. It's very important for them to, to be timely. It's very important for them to deliver. Not just a hobby, I just pick it up anytime we come to rehearsal, then I don't sing at all or listen to music at all until the following week. <laughs> and that's what it is with most choirs. It's a hobby. People don't listen to music. They don't study music. They just sing whatever's taught when it's when it's taught, and then that's it. Okay, so there is a difference. That's a good thing to know for a lot of people to to understand that there is a discipline. Yeah, very much so. Great. Well, I'm going to ask you to tell us again your social media. Okay. Um, on, on Facebook, it's at Adrian B. King and Reverence. Just spelled out Adrian B. King and Reverence. Instagram is at Adrian B. King Music. Twitter is at Adrian B. King Music. And uh, we can be reached in any of those outlets. In case you forget anything that I just said, you can just simply... Um, Google my name, Adrian B. King, and those platforms should pop up as well as um, avenues to purchase our projects and things of that nature. Now, and you said that you have a project release that's coming out. Yes, on September 28th, pre-orders are already available for iTunes and Amazon and things of that nature. The new project is entitled um, Essential Praise. We actually have some physical content physical um, pieces of the product that we've made to what we call our kingdom partners. Those are our people that just kind of run with us everywhere we go, you know, to stay locked and loaded. So if you're interested in getting a physical project, or we have t-shirts, we have face masks, we have all types of merch. If you're interested in that, then um, you can reach out to me directly at Adrian B. King on Facebook. You can inbox me and I can give you cash shop information and we ship it right on out to you. We've shipped out over 100 CDs so far, so we're excited about that process. So that way you can have a physical CD about two or three weeks before everybody else does. Wow. That is really nice to have that access. Now, just before we go, tell me a little bit about how to become a Kingdom Partner. Um, You just kind of become one by default. What I came to notice is Certain people follow us everywhere we go. I mean, every concert we do, 
they're present. Every time we're doing something, I see the cash apps, I see the Zales, I see the messages. And so what I've done is just kind of made some of those people priority that when we do things, I make sure that I personally reach out to them and make sure that they're made available. And like we had a virtual concert back in June and I reached out to certain individuals that I know um, I see all the time. I see their support and I feel their love and I invited them to be present in person since we were able to have a few people in the venue. And so that's what we kind of did this time. We um, put it on Facebook. I mean, anybody can be a kingdom partner, but we got certain people that we just kind of noticed that we kind of put to the front of the line. Okay. Again, um, we have T-shirts, Essential Praise T-shirts. We have Essential Praise face mask. And then we have the Essential Praise actual physical CD. And so um, what we ask is for the CD only. If a person just wanted to get the physical CD, we just ask for a gift of $15 or greater. And that can be sent via cash app or via sale. But then the whole partner package, which is the T-shirt, the face mask, and the CD, we asked for a $50 donation. And so a lot of people have um, taken advantage of that. And they've gotten their CD, their face mask, and the T-shirt. Okay. Because some of us still like to have memorabilia. We like to have things physical. I know we're in a digital age now, but some people are old school and still like to have a CD. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And read the credits. <laughs> Well, in closing out this episode this week, I would like to thank my guest, Adrian B. King, for participating in this segment of Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. I hope we have fed your knowledge and have given you some gospel music gold during this episode. I ask you to send me an email sharing your thoughts of this show and ask if you have any suggestions or future guests you would like to hear about send me an email at let's talk the number two gmg at gmail.com again that's let's talk to gmg at gmail.com i am your host and sonia saying let's sing let's shout and tell of the great news through gospel music gold until the next episode take care and god bless Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Gospel Music Goal. This episode has been sponsored by BornToSpeakToYou.com. This is an online e-learning program with eight categories offering over 100 courses. The eight categories are administrative skills, career development, human resources, personal development, sales and marketing, supervisors and managers, workplace essentials, and a Microsoft Office package. Now with this package, you can get prepared to certify for the Microsoft Office Specialist exam. Right now, some of the courses are over 60% off their regular price. You'll wanna check out these online learning courses. They're available 24 hours a day. Technical skills will get you the job, but training and soft skills will help you keep it. That's born to speak to you.com. And the twos 
our numbers. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. I'm your host and Sonia. Have a blessed day. Thank you.